No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. On a night that we remember the parting of the Red Sea, the Jets team defense parted to the Flames' sea of red too, too many times, resulting in a 3-1 Flames victory. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe. Welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show and a happy Passover to all those who are celebrating that great holiday where the Jews were no longer slaves in Egypt so many thousands of years ago. Hello there, Mr. Ginsburg. It's a pleasure Hello. to see you on this Wednesday evening. A happy Passover to you and your family, first and foremost. Absolutely. And happy Passover to you and your family and everybody who celebrates. And even though I wasn't on the post-game show after the, the Jets-Devils game, I did see, I did watch it. Yes. You guys don't necessarily think that I watch it. I watched it, the replay, because I was busy doing my parenting thing. So I did see that you were eating Girl Guide cookies. And unfortunately, <laughs> my Girl Guide cookies are, are long gone. So I have uh, something else here that I'm going to eat a little bit of. I've got some matzah here. So there you going to eat a little bit of matzah throughout the show because yes. we're Jewish and celebrating Passover. So we are. I had no idea. Nobody has informed me about that over the years. You're going to. So there you go. A nice little dry cracker to uh, talk about the Winnipeg Jets Calgary Flames game that just concluded in downtown Winnipeg. I love An matzah. Opportunity I eat matzah people. all year round, by the way. Do you? You're a big matzah fan? Yeah, why you not? Put anything put, on it? Do you put like yeah, a, you... butter? Always butter or jam. Okay, or actually cream cheese too. Cream cheese, butter, jam. Okay, so you yeah, cover all the butter, base. ketchup, peanut butter. So basically, you'll put any sort of condiment on your matzah and, yeah. and call it and call it a snack. Well, I, I would I would kind of say that I, I stick to the cream cheese and the butter. Okay, that's that's good because it's a pretty dry. Uh, it you know, is. By, by by day number five, day number six, that matzah is basically just turned into a clump of drywall in your lower intestine. Yeah, like after, like if you're not going to eat it, you can also use it to sand a table, right? That's true. It's, it's true. You have a lot of options to, to that, that you can use your leftover matzah for if you don't want to eat it. Uh, look, Ezzy, this was a huge game. We know what the impact of this game was. Uh, that's funny from uh, our buddy Spencer Sutton saying he likes matzah burgers. Uh, that, of course, being an A and W treat i like a matzo burger as well even Spence though most, he knows yeah even a little matzo burger a little onion rings a little root beer nice yeah. little wednesday night i can't have root beer root beer gives me a headache i don't know really? i used to love root beer but whatever it whatever is in root beer it immediately gives me a headache like like snap my finger I can you get don't want to drink it if it's giving you a headache root beer oh. is not my top like you know once in a while i'll, yeah. I'll you know me i like my diet coke but um <laughs> yeah root beer root beer i probably drink at least two Diet Cokes a day. I'd need to cut back on that for sure. Drink a little bit more H2O, a little yes. more agua. Yeah. But yeah, root beer is probably, you know, a little bit down on my soft drink preferences, probably a little bit below, you know, Sprite and Dr. Pepper. 
Oh, I like Dr. Pepper. That's right up at the top of my list is, is a good old fashioned Dr. Pepper. You can't go wrong with uh, with anything like that. That's uh, that, that's my go to. If anyone's uh, interested in buying me a case of soft drinks, Dr. Pepper would be my preference. But as per usual on this post game show, we digress. Yes. But, uh, you know, for a game of this magnitude, we'll try and keep the digressions to maybe the latter half of the show and talk about a disappointing result a disappointing third period by the Winnipeg Jets an opportunity to affirm themselves as a playoff team had they been able to win tonight we know what that would have done in terms of the playoff standings that would have put them in a commanding position over the Calgary Flames and a fairly commanding position over the Nashville Predators who are in town of course on Saturday instead the Jets cannot rise up to the moment they cannot match the emotion and the intensity in that third period and as a result they drop an absolutely massive decision at home to a Calgary Flames team as he that had lost last night to Chicago that had the Jets been able to really you know, the Jets just, they needed a better effort, I thought, in the third period. To me, they played like a team that was afraid to lose rather than a team that wanted to win in that third period. I think that's fair. And, you know, the, you know, a lot of comments, you know, we just showed a few. I see them in the chat here. You know, the Jets being out-muscled, out-played. Like, first off, give Calgary credit here. Like, that's inexcusable, Drew, to lose to the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, I realize the Blackhawks, you know, they're playing the role of spoiler. They're playing for their own pride. But the Flames have to win that game. And, and right. they have to win that game at home. Because as you say, you know, this game, you know, it's a, it's that classic four-point game. You know, mm -hmm. like, we've, you know, been calling it on our social media accounts, like a game seven or, you know, a playoff game, everything like that. And, and it really was the most important game of the year up until this point for the Jets, right? Obviously, the game on Saturday is going to be the new most important game of the season, right? But yeah, like the the Jets could have essentially, you know, put the Flames out of their misery here if you're yeah. able to go up four points. And we should also, you know, point out that, you know, the Jets have the tiebreaker. We mentioned that on the Saturday show with the regulation wins. Mm -hmm. So the Jets are essentially, you know, one point up on, on the Flames. If the Jets and Flames you know, remain tied, we know right. who's going to get the tiebreaker, right? Well, so, and you, and you know who's got the easier of the two schedules for that. There's no well, question about that. The only thing is that the Flames are, are just going to run out of games, right? And you're right. They have uh, Vancouver, San Jose, and Nashville. That's right. right. So the Jets have Nashville, San Jose, Colorado, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So just based on, you know, those last two games, um, obviously San Jose is one of the weaker teams, but they've beat the Jets twice this year, right? So mm -hmm. it's going to be a very interesting end to the season. And as a hockey fan, you know, you love to, to see meaningful games at the end of the regular season. But for Jets fans, I don't think that, you know, they like this too much because, right. you know, if you were able to beat San Jose once or, you know, you think about a bad team like Columbus, who the Jets lost to, like the Jets really shouldn't be in this point at this point where, you know, we're at game 79 of the season and, you know, they're still having to, you know, clinch a playoff spot because most of the other teams, you know, across the league have, have clinched a playoff spot, right? Obviously not you know, the teams at the bottom, especially, you know, you look at that Eastern Conference playoff race, same right. thing, right? Florida, Pittsburgh, the Islanders battling. But look, I, I think, you know, the first period was pretty good for the Jets. I mean, there, it wasn't perfect. And, and obviously, you know, they take mm -hmm. a couple penalties, but they kill them both off, right? And then Kyle mm -hmm. Connor, we'll get into it in the, in the Betway game recap here, but, you know, they score a power play goal and they have the lead. So, 
you know, again, it wasn't a perfect period, right? But it's pretty good for a team that hadn't played since Sunday, right? Well, the, you want to get the were lead. obviously fresher, right? Yeah, exactly. You want to play with the lead. That's been an issue for the Jets over the last however many games. Let's call it fifteen to to twenty games here, maybe even longer, right? But it, so it was, you know, again, it was a bit of a weird game in the sense that. There wasn't a lot of even strength flow. You had a lot of penalties, but aside from the the Kyle Connor goal, yeah, no no team could take advantage, right? So the Jets were perfect um, on the on the power the penalty kill. Pardon me. Right. So in that sense, you really like that, but you also don't like the fact that the Jets weren't able to bury any of their power play opportunities either. Well, look, aside this, from the Connor goal, of course, I'm right? Of about. course, aside from the Connor yeah. one, which of course they, yeah, they, they scored early in, uh, you know, or, or, you know, in the in the second period. Pardon me, in the in the on the second penalty, yeah. uh, the the Milan Lucic where he was in the box for the double minor. There, look, a game like this where you have Calgary playing on the second half of a back to back, a game that is filled with penalties is to their advantage because the penalties were fairly even of course as we as we know you know it wasn't like the jets had 10 power plays and the and the flames had two you know a game not played at five on five is always going to favor a team that is uh that is, that is probably going to be the more tired of the two teams you know there's less skating involved in a in a in a power play special teams heavy game it's going to be to the tired team advantage I didn't love the officiating, but I didn't love the officiating from both sides. I'm not blaming saying the officiating was responsible for the Jets' defeat. I just thought the referees were too involved in the game. And also, like, you called Jacob Marks from earlier in the game. Right. And then later in the game, he's doing the same type of nonsense. He's doing that Jordan Bennington type of, you know, punching guys, pushing guys in front of the net. So Markstrom, and look at, I mean, there were good, there were really good battles, like, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Markstrom obviously going at it. Dubois and, and Chris Tanev, who mm-hmm. missed, I think, five or six games, and now he's been back in the lineup for a couple games. So yeah. I really liked how engaged du- Dubois was. Adam Lowry's another guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he was all, all around the net getting in Markstrom's face. But, yeah, I mean, they were I mean, there were a few calls where, you know, like I'm not talking about, you know, the, the Dubois-Rasmus-Anderson thing. And I think it's kind of funny that Anderson – the, I'll give the Jets fans a lot. I'll always give Jets fans credit, but I love the fact that they kept booing him throughout. You thought maybe that would only be the first period, yeah. but second period, third period, the Jets were giving it to Rasmus Anderson. And and look at, I mean, that that was boarding on on Dubois. I mean, yeah, they showed it, it multiple times, and yeah. you'd like to think it was just incidental contact or or just you know uh, you know a, a fair shove, but. Yeah, you're right, Drew. I mean, there were some penalties where I just thought, thought they were that involved. the refs could have let that go. Yeah, they were just too involved in the game, and I mean, it. it, it but it was, they were too involved for both teams. So that you know, they they called it they called it tight. I mean, now is this a game that you want them or expect them to call tight? Well, who knows? You know, some games they call it tight, some games they call it loose. You never really know which way NHL officiating is going to go. I just thought that this was a game where the you know that they were maybe too noticeable. Not to say that, not to use that as an excuse for the Jets' performance, because frankly, the Jets throughout the game, Calgary got better as the game went on, and the Jets didn't. When it's a 1-1 game after 40 minutes, which is what it was, and we'll get into the goals in the Betway game recap, you want to see the push in the third period. You want to come out strong in the third period, especially a Jets team that has had a very soft schedule as of late, that they haven't played in a number of days, that they've had multiple days off, whereas Calgary flew here late. Calgary got stronger as the game went on. I thought the Jets were tentative in that third period. I thought that they, you know, this is another game. Look, the Jets only score one goal. They don't score anything at five on five. Now, a lot of the game wasn't played at five on five, I admit. But, you know, you want to see the Jets 
want to, you know, seize the opportunity. You know, sure. yes, Calgary's the more desperate of the two teams. There's no question about it because they know that a loss, you know, if they lose that third period, that basically ends their playoff chances. But if you're the Winnipeg Jets and you're in your dressing room after 40 minutes and your legs should be pretty fresh, you have to be saying among the, the players, we need to go grab what's there. It's low-hanging fruit. Let's go take that low-hanging fruit. Let's go run them off of our home ice and send them to the golf course for the rest of the year. And the Jets didn't do that. And I think that's a significant opportunity lost because right now, with Jets having four games to go, Calgary having three games to go, you know, it's anybody's ball game. When you're tied in the standings, and yeah, the Jets have the tiebreaker, it's anybody's game. I mean, look, if Calgary were to win out and their schedule is, you know, not that difficult as we talked about, there's no reason why they can't win out, aside from the fact that they just lost to the Chicago Blackhawks for a third time this season. You know, the Jet, what does that mean if the Jet if Calgary wins out? Well, that means that the Jets have to win at least three out of their last four or win out themselves to uh, to be in a playoff spot, which is a lot easier for me to say than it is for to see the Jets actually do. Yeah, sure. And and to your point about, you know, the push from the Jets in the third period, Kelly Rudy mentioned that, uh, you know, at, at a certain point in the third period, kind of, I think, towards the, you know, past the midway point, around the midway point of the third period yeah. about the Jets push. And you know, look at, like, we talked about the power play and there were some opportunities. And you remember Nikolai Ehlers, he had the breakaway with, what was that, two and a half, three minutes left, something like yeah. that. The puck was rolling, though, but it was a really nice pass by Blake Wheeler, uh, you know, Mark Shifley had a chance in the third period. Pierre-Luc Dubois had a point-blank chance on the power play. Like, there were chances. Jacob Markstrom was really good. That's not something we'd mentioned. For those who didn't know, he did start the game against the Blackhawks. We should also mention, Drew, you mentioned the soft schedule for the Flames. The Flames don't play until Saturday. Right. So they, they, they can't move ahead of the Jets points-wise well, until so. Saturday, right? So, yeah. so just thought I'd mention that. It'll be mm-hmm. nice. I always like it when both teams are playing in the same day as opposed to you know, a team goes ahead, even though they would have, I guess, uh, the Jets would have two games in hand. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the Jets, the 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 game is very important on Saturday. It's not a must-win game. Well, but these are very... all must. No, no, I disagree. I disagree. Well, these are all must-win games. I mean, I just didn't want to use must-win because I feel like it's such a tired cliche. But yeah, you're right. They have to win all of these games. And you want to start with Nashville because like we've talked about so much, yeah. if you beat Nashville, you're controlling your destiny. If yeah. Calgary wins, and then let's say the Jets lose just for the sake of the argument, then you're not in, in control of your own destiny, no, even with the game chasing. in hand, right? You're chasing. Yeah. So this game was very important, and Calgary was the more desperate team. And, you know, I, I did think that, you know, Shifley, Connor, and Dubois were better earlier in the game. I, I didn't think that, you know, they had any, let's say, dominant shifts mm-hmm. in the third period. And I'm not, I'm not saying that they had a bad game. I'm just saying that they definitely weren't as good as they were against the Devils or the or the Red Wings, for example. And, you know, look, at this was what Paul Maurice used to call a grinder, right? Like this yeah. was a, like you said, Drew, this was a, you know, a tie game, you know, a one-goal game. And then obviously the Zadorov goal was the, the killer, the yeah. quote-unquote insurance goal, right? Yeah, it was the backbreaker. But, yeah, I mean, there, there wasn't a lot of sustained pressure. And, look, give Calgary credit. Like, I mean, say whatever you want about Calgary – and there's, you can say a lot of negative things about Calgary, such as they've lost to bad teams, such as the Chicago Blackhawks three times, including last night, or the fact that, you know, they just can't seem to win in regulation. What do they have, 14 overtime 15, or 15, 15 overtime so. yeah. shootout losses, which is 
five times more than the Jets have. Yeah. But they've still got a lot of talent, right? Tyler Toffoli's having a great year. Um, you know, I've always liked Andrew Mangiapane. He scored mm-hmm. Calgary's first goal. Um, I really like Mackenzie Weger. Like a couple of years back, we were talking about Weger. Like, I, I think he would be perfect for the Winnipeg Jets. The only problem is he signed an extension with the Flames. <laughs> He's not going anywhere, but I really like Uyghur's game. You know, we talked about Rasmus Anderson. He's a solid defenseman. Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev. Like, they're they're not a Stanley Cup contender, but they're a solid hockey team. Like, this, we forget, this team was picked by most people to make the playoffs. Some people even picked them to win the division. Sure. Uh, well, not they me. had such a great year. La- they had such a great year last year that they've right. been, it's been such a, and now granted it's a whole, you know, the, the a lot of the players are different after the off season trade of Kachuk and sure. everything else to bring in Huberto and Uyghur. But you know, the, the, the season they've had in Calgary has been very disappointing. No question about it. And you, you wonder about the future of Daryl Sutter there and everything else, but that's for, you know, a flames post game show uh, to break, to break into detail about, but from the Jets' perspective, this was an opportunity. I mean, now, so here's where we're sitting tonight. You know, the Jets have 78 games played, 89 points. The Flames, 79 games played, 89 points. Nashville, they play Carolina tomorrow. And every time you think that Nashville's done, they rise up. You know, every time you, you know, the, every, you know last night, second half of a back-to-back, they uh, on home ice, they, they somehow find a way to beat Vegas in, reg, in, in overtime. You know, again, Nashville just doesn't seem to want to die, even though they've been written off since the trade deadline. Well, if they are able to do something uh, tomorrow night against Carolina, which would certainly be an upset given Carolina's place in the standings, all of a sudden Nashville comes to Winnipeg a one point back of them entering Saturday night's game, having played the same number of games. I mean, and, and again, if you look at the Jets and you look at their performance tonight, I don't know why all of a sudden that killer instinct that was not there today is necessarily going to be there on Saturday. That's why this is such a disheartening loss from my perspective. It's not a season-ending loss because they are still in a playoff spot. But when you have an opportunity to step on the throat of an opponent, when you have an opportunity to demonstrate that necessary killer instinct, you should you should have a better performance than the Jets had, particularly in that third period. That, to me, is is the concerning part, the tentativeness, the inability to rise to the occasion, particularly in the final 20 minutes, Ezzy. Sure, and, and, you know, we talked about, you know, the referees probably calling one or too many penalties, but... You know who it was, Vlad Nemestikov and Brendan Dillon, if I'm Those not mistaken, that took the tripping penalties exactly right. Yeah. So what does that do? I mean, that just it not only does it take you out of the flow, yeah. Um, but you know you're killing penalties now <laughs> instead of you know tying the game up. Right. So you know that that it, it it was it was not the sharpest period of hockey, right? Like we talked about it. Like the Jets started off like the first period, the second period. You know they were they were in this game and they were in the game in the third period. I just didn't like. Uh, you know, the way they manage the puck. I just didn't think that, you know, they were desperate enough. And, you know, again, you know, you get some chances and, you know, whatever 
chance you want to point to and like you know there was the josh morrissey chance yeah. when he didn't get the best first opportunity but then you remember he got a backhand rebound and he yeah. couldn't beat markstrom we mentioned the Ehlers breakaway like mm-hmm. there were some chances i mean this well, wasn't there, this wasn't was what the... you would call a high event game like this was not the you know seven five win over the oilers or the six one win over the devils on on sunday right um but you know whether you want to point to the missed opportunities on the power play you know, whether you want to talk about, you know, just the fact that they didn't have enough zone time and, and pressure mm-hmm. in the in the later stages of the third period, whatever. I mean, you got to give the Flames credit. They were the better team tonight. Yeah, the, in the third period especially, they went out and took the victory. And kudos to them for doing that. The victory was there for whichever team wanted it more. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's, you know, the Jets just weren't able, as I said, to rise and take advantage of that, uh, you know, a function of the game being played five on four function of, you know, the, the flames just taking advantage of their opportunities when the jets couldn't look, this is a Calgary flames team that has been horrific uh, defensively. They've been giving up, you know, even before the Chicago game, they, when they played against Vancouver and when they played against, I think it was Anaheim, if I'm not mistaken, you know, they were giving up four goals a game. They were winning games, six, five, five, four. And then to somehow come here and pitch a shutout at five on five is, you know, problematic from a Winnipeg Jets perspective. And that's probably the most charitable word that I can use would be problematic. Uh, And now it'll be curious to see how the Jets bounce back from this disappointment, you know, opportunity missed by the team, but they can't take too long licking their wounds. They have to get back at it against a Nashville Predators team on Saturday that has certainly been feisty. And if you don't match the effort of the Nashville Predators, you're going to lose to them. It's that simple. Nashville is not more talented than basically any team that they're playing against, but their efforts and their commitment and the UC Soros factor has been enough to keep them in a race that they were written off of uh, many a week ago. And that'll be what the Jets' next challenge is, is sort of uh, taking this loss and channeling it and using it uh, as motivation on Saturday, where motivation and effort for this team has not always been where it needs to be. Let's get into the game recap, Ezzy. It's brought to you by Betway. It's called the Betway Game Recap. Betway is one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. As you mentioned, the Jets open the scoring, their only goal of the game, the only power play goal of the game, despite there being roughly 400 power plays in the course of this contest. It's Kyle Connor, his 31st of the season, assists to Nikolai Ehlers and Pierre-Luc Dubois. It's a tremendous seam pass by Ehlers, tape to tape to Connor. And Connor makes no mistake wiring his shot past uh, past Jacob Markstrom to give the Jets a one nothing lead at the eleven forty two mark of the first period. As he, yeah, you mentioned the seam pass, and and it was a beauty pass. Mm-hmm. And I, I think everything that you saw on this power play is what we've talked about, you know, for the last however many months that you would like to see the Jets do on the power play, right? Like everything was quick. There was an intent to this power play, right? Like Shifley and Connor started off by bringing it into the zone. 
uh, and then Dubois does some good work and gets it back to Ehlers. And, you know, you just like, you just like everything about it, right? Like you mm-hmm. like how it was, um, it was purposeful is what I would say. Nice pass by Ehlers, nice shot by Connor. And again, quick. And it seemed like at times, and I think there's a lot of similarities actually between the Flames power play and the Jets power play, because, you know, the Flames power play, it's it's one thing if you're getting chances, but, you know, you're you're not getting the breaks or, you know, Hellebuck is pr- playing really well. But, you know, the, the Flames, it's kind of the same thing, like a lot of passing on the perimeter, kind of kind of indecisive type of play. But on this particular play, yeah, this is this is the Jets power play at its best. And again, we talked about it. I mean, coming off of the two penalty kills early in the first five minutes, then you get the power play goal. Like this was at the point of the game where things were going really well for the Jets. Yeah. Well, they and... get the early, they get the early goal. They get the right. lead to early in the game, which is what you want against the team on the second half of a back. And, and they were, and they were sharp, you know, in, in their own end as well. Like the flames mm-hmm. didn't like, I can't really remember any good scoring chances. Like maybe, you know, hopefully the chat, if I'm wrong and I often am wrong, will help me out here because I can't remember if, if the flames did have any good scoring chances, there were probably only one or two. And like I said, I, I kind of had the game on, uh, had to re, you know rewind it a little bit, putting the kids to bed c- because of the early start there. But I can't remember many good scoring chances for the flames in that first period. And you could chalk that up to having played the previous night, but I, I thought the jets were really sharp. Like that was a very good, not only, you know, first 10 minutes of the game, but I thought it was a good first 20 minutes of the game, uh, you know, highlighted by that Kyle Connor goal on the power play. Yeah, and that's what the, what the Jets wanted to open the scoring like that, and they did. And, you know, you know, we have to talk about how close they came to making it 2-0, because if this becomes a 2-0 game at any point in time, then it's probably a different story altogether. Uh, but, you know, think about the Nate Schmidt breakaway opportunities where he gets somehow a, a number, you know, two breakaway opportunities in a row and he's not able to capitalize on them. And one of them, he sort of runs out of room and he puts it off the side of the net. And had one of those opportunities resulted in a goal for the Winnipeg Jets, then this is, I think, a completely different game to my mind. Instead, the Jets aren't able to get that goal to extend the lead. It's one nothing after 20 minutes, so the first period ends with the Jets with that one nothing lead. They are not able to extend the lead, and they miss out on a great opportunity when they had an odd man rush in the third period, seconds before Andrew Mangiapane makes it 1-1 with his 17th of the season assist to Mikel Backland. This coming at the 6.06 mark of the second period, as he, it's a little bit of pond hockey, it's a little bit of back and forth, it's some exciting action with odd man rushes both ways, the Jets get so close to scoring, they're not able to do so. The Flames go back the other length of the ice. And Mangiapane, who's really been, uh, you know, has done a number against the Jets lately, gets another one, uh, as I said, his 17th of the season. Yeah, just before getting into the Mangiapane goal, because it was obviously a really nice pass right. uh, by Michael Backlund. But, you know, I really would like to have seen Mark Shifley shoot on that two-on-one. I think a lot of people were, were thinking that as well. And, and look at, I mean, you know, Shifley is a distributor as well, mm-hmm. but that was just something I wanted to throw in there. Like, I thought that was a great opportunity for Shifley to shoot uh, and give Mark some credit because I, I think that it was just, I think Shifley just, it was like an extra half second that he gave Markstrom mm-hmm. uh, and it just kind of slowed the play a little bit down. I thought easy for me to say, right? But yeah, like you said, the flames go back the other way. There's tons of ice there. Sure. Um, and Mike Backlund makes a really nice pass. And, you know, I don't, I don't have any problem with the, the way Dylan played that 
two-on-one. I mean, there's just a lot of room there. Mangiapane's a sniper. I'm not mm-hmm. going to fault Hellebuck there, but yeah, I mean, that's what happens when the game opens up a little bit, and the game did open up in the second period. That's kind of, you know, what I was getting at. The first period was not wide open. The no. first period was, uh, it was, a, you know, at times boring. Like, you had you had the Jets and Flames, and there were some, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the Dubois penalty, and there were some power plays, but wasn't exactly like the most riveting first period. The second period was much more wide open. Well, the the, the first period, as in just the first period alone, had four minor penalties. Right. So I mean, when you have four minor po- penalties, and yes, you know, one of them ended up with a four on four for a, for a couple seconds. It's not going to be a lot of flow to the game because it's you know man advantage. You know, a little bit of five on five man advantage, a little bit of five on five man advantage, you know, a little bit of five on five. And those flames power plays were pretty bad. I think they only had one shot on both of them. So, I mean, and give the Jets credit, like, you know, Manalein and Stenland, we'll maybe get into that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Manalein and obviously, you know, when Zadorov scored the first period goal, it was off of a Manalein and turnover, but I thought he was really good on the PK. He that was the only change for the Jets, Manalein and coming in for for Carson Coleman. Carson Coleman yeah. Um but yeah, the Jets penalty kill. I mean, we've talked about it. It's been something they they can rely on. It's not like, you know, the Jets have a couple of good games on the PK. The penalty kill has been good from from day 1. And give Rick Bonus and his year. coaching staff a lot of credit for that for for turning it around, but you're right. I mean, there wasn't a lot of flow in the first period and there wasn't a lot of high danger chances either. The, the, the it was the, the high danger chances in uh, after 20 minutes were two nothing at five on five in in favor of Calgary. So you're you're absolutely right. There was not a lot of flow to the game, uh, you know, at at five on five. Should, of course, mention that before Mangiapani tied it up at one, the Flames had a goal disallowed on a goaltender interference uh, where it looked like Zadorov had tied it up at one, but uh, the Jets challenged for goaltender interference. It was goaltender interference. Why did it take so long, by the way? Because it's the NA. I mean... When I say it's goaltender interference and you say it's goaltender interference and 14,000 people at the arena think it's goaltender interference, the NHL can sometimes think it's not goaltender interference. So this one uh, took a while, but I thought they did eventually get the call right in declaring that it was goaltender interference. But it it definitely uh, took a little, uh, probably too long for comfort for a lot of people that were waiting for that decision to be handed out. But as I mentioned, Mangiapane ties it up at one, and that's where you're at after 40 minutes here. And the second period had a little bit more flow, but the Jets have to be ruining again the inability to capitalize, uh, you know, on power play opportunities because you know somehow against this Calgary team, a Calgary team that has not been very good in their own zone, not been very good defensively. I mean, they've given up 245 goals against this year. Uh, which is it was you know a fair number of goals against they have you know uh, uh, you know they, bottom ten in the league I know that yeah I mean it's it's a lot of goals against the Jets managed to not get one goal at five on five in, in tonight's contest which is uh, certainly a bit of a problem especially for a team that you'll maybe people thought were coming out of their goal scoring doldrums with their six goal explosions uh, that, you know over the weekend against New Jersey and Detroit. Well, that's that's really though, Drew, the the big question here for the last four games and potentially going into the playoffs for the Jets. Which Jets are we going to see? Right? Like, are we going to see the the team that scored six goals against the Red Wings and six goals against the Devils? And you can say whatever you want against the Red Wings. The Red Wings beat the Hurricanes the previous night. Yeah, and we know that this point of the season, it's it's chaos. 
And and I know you like the chaos, but I do I enjoy know, chaos. I, I don't know how much Jets fans love chaos because the Jets fans want wins right now. Jets fans <laughs> sure. want a playoff spot clinched right now. So that's really the question. Like, are the Jets going to be able to win these types of games? And I think the game against the Predators is going to be more like this game than it is going to be like, you know, the wide open, you know, free flowing hockey that we saw against the Red Wings and and the and the Devils. So cool. the Jets are going to have to win a game possibly 3-2, 4-2 here. And and you're right, Drew. I mean, the Nashville Predators, you know, they've traded away a lot of their talent, but they have enough guys on their team and you know, you're right. You see Soros, you if see he Soros. does play, I would expect Soros to play. I'm sure a top five goaltender in the league. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very good defensive team. So, you know, you're not going to be able to beat the, the Predators with one good period. And that's really kind of, you know, what we're getting at here. The Jets really only, I mean, I, I didn't think the second period was was bad by any stretch, but I, I also wouldn't say that they necessarily won the period either. No. So, I mean, this was one of those games that, was a was a tie game mm-hmm. in in and you know could have gone either way and the Flames seized the opportunity and and the Jets didn't and even though the Jets did have you know a few good scoring chances you know it, it was more of what you saw on that West Coast road trip where yeah. the power play was letting them down where they weren't scoring a lot of goals and you know they're gonna have to find a way here I do like the line combinations like I I don't necessarily know that you change that much at this point in the season with four games left like how how many different you know personnel moves can you really make? I mean, this is the this is the team. They the guys that are the way the lines are currently constructed now. These are they're going to have to get it done. I don't I don't think there's 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 not that many you know tricks left uh, left. Uh, <laughs> well, bonuses sleeve at this point. The only one that's left is the one that so many people have been clamoring for, which of course is Dubois, Connor, and Ehlers. You know, that's the one that that hasn't been tapped on the shoulders since well for for a long long time now. That's the one that a lot of people think would have some success, but for whatever reason is not uh, at the forefront of the Jets uh, at the Jets' decision making. But I agree with you. I think this is probably, you know, with four games to go, there's not a magic panacea out there. No. You know, there's not like there's, you know, some reinforcements coming up that are going to be the ones that drive you into the playoffs. It's going to be this group. This group has to be the ones to take control and say, we're going to be a playoff team. We're going to beat Nashville. We're going to beat San Jose. And then we're going to go win one of two games against either Minnesota or Colorado. You know, and, and the truth is, you know, we talk about the Jets schedule and how the Minnesota and Colorado games aren't the easiest, but both those teams could very well be in a position where they don't really have much to play for, where they might be in a position where they're locked into whatever playoff spot they they are in at that point in time. I mean, it's too early to tell for sure what's going to happen there, given that Colorado, Dallas, and Minnesota all have 98 points. Right. So they might still be jockeying for some playoff positioning, but regardless of that, the Jets have to find a way. They have to no. take care of business. They have to concentrate on one game at a time. Sure, no question. You know, beat Nashville, beat San Jose, and then you're right, Drew. Those games, uh, you know, you know, you hope, especially the last game of the season, you know, that that doesn't have playoff. It's Colorado, I believe, Colorado, right? The last I'm game of the year. Thursday, so you yeah. hope that Colorado isn't playing for anything, because then that would mean, you know, you know that they're not dressing, you know, McKinnon or well, Branson or whatever. But but you don't know. You don't know. The Jets might not have clinched a playoff spot by then, right? Really? Hopefully, they have, but. I mean, it's really tough to say. So, I mean, Saturday is all you can really think about, right? And, you know, even though this game was disappointing, 
the Jets do still control their own destiny because they they own the tiebreaker and they have the game in hand. So Jets fans can take solace in, in that, that they're still in the driver's seat. Well, and it's incumbent on them, though, to to find the way to match the effort of their opponents. Because if they match an effort, if they match whatever effort that Nashville puts out, and they match whatever effort that San Jose puts out, the Jets should be victorious because of the fact they have more talent. It's the matching effort part that has been the, the problem for this team over the last number of games. It's the matching effort that was the problem for this team on that West Coast well, trip. And that's what they need to find a way is to make sure that no matter what else happens, they don't get outworked by Nashville. They don't get outworked by San Jose. Right. And, you know, I, I don't know if we can kind of blend the second Calgary goal and the and the third Calgary goal together, Drew. Well, let, but, me, you know, let me talk about the, the, the sure, second. Because so, to me, because to me. Yeah, you know, the Dewar goal, the Walker-Dewar goal, I think some people might have thought that was Connor Dewar from Manitoba. No, that's not. That's Walker Dewar, who's from the hockey hotbed of South Dakota, ah. not, not North Dakota. Right. Um, but to me, the Dewar goal, Drew, yeah. is not based on, you know, lack of effort. But the next goal, the Zadorov goal, I mean, to me, you know, that's just not a good enough effort by Pierre-Luc Dubois. You go back and you look, and I watched the replay. Um, you know, he's behind the net, and he's just late. That 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 is who should have had Zadorov. Zadorov was the trailer, but mm-hmm. to me, that's what you're talking about. But the second goal to me was just kind of a a fluky goal that you know I think goes off of Nate Schmidt. Yeah, it's not a pretty goal, but it's a goal. It's a hardworking goal from Calgary's perspective. There's not much. Sure, it's you the know, fourth you, line. Yeah, yeah. There's not much from the Jets' perspective that you're going to pinpoint as this is the problem with this one. The guy just you know whips it around the net and gets a lucky bounce. But at least he's you know there's a lot of traffic in front. There's a lot of there's a lot of bodies in front, and you get a fortuitous bounce when there are skates and legs and sticks in the blue paint good things are likely going to happen. And this one, it's not pretty. It's Walker Dewar just after the uh, Nemestikov penalty expires. So the Jets successfully kill the penalty. Uh, Walker Dewar gets his seventh of the year assist to Trevor Lewis, former Winnipeg Jet, of course, and Nikita Zadorov at the 408 mark. And the Flames have their first lead of the game, a huge lead, a huge goal for this team. And they lead 2-1 at that point in time. Uh, in the you know uh, a few minutes into the third period, it's just about again. You you go hard to the net, you throw a puck towards the blue paint, and sometimes good things happen. Uh, you know it's a bit lucky, but you make your own luck to some extent as well. And so Walker Dewar and the Flames certainly don't need to apologize for that uh, whatsoever. No, and, and the thing that stood out to me on this goal was Trevor Lewis knocks Nate Schmidt down in, in front of the net. And you mentioned mm-hmm. Nemesnikov was just back on the ice, like literally yeah. for like, what, five seconds? Seven seconds, yeah. Right, seven seconds. So he's, you know, he's kind of trying to get back into the play. Yeah. You know, and Josh Morrissey is is chasing Dewar around the net. Like mm. I mentioned, Nate Schmidt's knocked down. Kyle Connor's there in front of the net, but he's not really picking up Trevor Lewis, right? So, I mean, and, and Hellebuck, you know, some people were talking about, you know, that second goal. Yeah, I mean, look, wraparound goals, you should never score on a wraparound goal. Like NHL goaltenders, you know, rarely get beat by wraparound goals. And right. this wasn't your kind of classic wraparound goal because it, it it doesn't go in right away. He kind of, you know, he puts it on net, then it ends up going off of Schmidt. We thought originally, I'm not sure if they credited it to Trevor Lewis, but watching They did it live, initially. They initially credited right. it to Lewis and then they changed it to right. Dewar. Right, so I mean... it. And and look at I mean there was a little bit of chaos in in front yeah. of the net there but like you said I mean you know he's working hard Dewar he's a guy who 
I believe spent the majority of the season in the AHL um, with the Calgary Wranglers, right? So he's he's a guy who you know has taken a little bit of a longer route um, than most. I shouldn't say most, but some NHLers. And look, I mean that was a big goal at the time. Uh, but you know, that's, that's one of those things where, you know, I'm, I'm just going to chalk that up to a, a lucky bounce there. Yeah. But you, you know, a lucky bounce that the only becomes a lucky bounce because you put that traffic in sure. front. Dewar played 41 games so far for the Calgary Wranglers this year. I mean, he's got 26 points at the AHL level. He's got yeah. 11 points in 25 games at the NHL level. So for a guy who's an undrafted free agent. Yeah. You like to see that. I've yeah. always liked to see guys. You know that he 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 played uh, college, I think, with Minnesota State, if I'm not mistaken. I was yeah. checking out his hockey. Minnesota DB. State, Mankato. Yeah. yeah, didn't know exactly. a lot about him, right? So yeah, like you always like to see guys, you know, that persevere and not only make it to the NHL, but they produce yeah. at the NHL level, right? So he's a guy that you know, look at, he ends up scoring the winning goal in you know one of the most important games of the year. So good for him. Exactly right. And then, of course, the insurance marker comes at the 1040 mark, uh, six minutes and 32 seconds after the Flames take the lead. As you touched on it, but we'll touch on it again, Nikita Zadorov, this one isn't going to be disallowed. It's a great shot. His 11th of the year. He's an underrated defenseman, I find. You know, he's got some up offensive upside and he's a big, tough sort of defenseman, but he's, he's sort of got some underrated uh, 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 offensive playmaking ability as well. Uh, Two-point night for him. Great pass by Jonathan Huberto. Uh, Huberto with great vision. He's obviously had a down year. Secondary assist to Andrew Mangiapane. But Huberto, who's had a down year, still has elite vision. And he's able to find Zadorov as the trailer. The trailer is usually the most dangerous player on a play like this. And he comes in and he's unaccosted. And he makes no mistakes sniping it past Connor Hellbuck to give the Flames the 3-1 lead, which is where the game ultimately ends. Yeah, I agree with you on Zadorov. He's not a guy that I liked earlier in his career with with Colorado, but he's turned into a good defenseman. Like, I don't know, you know, if, if you consider him a, a top pairing defenseman, but he's a no. he's a bona fide top four defenseman. And I agree. I mean, we talked about the goal that was disallowed earlier that should have been disallowed. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I didn't like about this, I forget who it was, um, if it was Shifley or if it was Morrissey. There was a there was a pass that just went into the flame zone. And it, and it just wasn't picked up. And what I didn't like about this goal is how passive the Jets were just in, in, all, in all facets of this goal, right? Like, mm-hmm. again, I've got, the, I've got the, the replay here up on my browser. Like, you look at Pierre-Luc Dubois, kind of swipes at the puck, and then he just kind of slowly, you know, circles the, the Calgary net. He's completely out of the play. So what does Calgary do? They turn it up around. And, and like you said, and Jonathan Huberto has the puck on the right boards mm-hmm. and he sees Zadorov, the trailer, passes it to him. Absolutely nobody is around Zadorov. You see Dubois come in, uh, you know, at the last second, but that's just not very good coverage by the Jets, right? Like, right. that's that's a two-on-two situation where if the center picks up Zadorov, yeah. I mean, there's no problem there. Yeah. And it's a nice shot. Like you, we mentioned, you know, he's got 11 goals here. Zadorov isn't just a big you know, defensive defense, but he's actually good. He's a first round pick, former first round pick, I should say. So, I mean, he's a good player, but again, that's to me like that, that trailer has got to be picked up. And again, you know, for those who are, you know, in the chat right now watching, take a look at at what Pierre-Luc Dubois is doing. Again, I don't want to single him out because I thought he was really good tonight and he was drawing penalties and he was engaged physically and everything like that. You know, he was getting scoring chances on the power play, but you know, to me, the way he takes that circuitous route around the net, I mean, it, it, you know, he just he completely takes himself out of the play and isn't able to come back and pick up Zadorov on the back check. 
That's exactly right. And he makes no mistake. And the Flames have a 3-1 lead. And yeah, the Jets had some opportunities after that. But I never really felt... I never felt desperation from the Jets. I never felt desperation in that final 10 minutes of this game that they need to get back into it and they need to find a way to scratch and claw. They had some opportunities and they threw some pucks at the net and there was some goal mouth scrambles. So I'm not saying that there weren't, but still there was, there was something lacking in the response. I thought, which to me is a little bit, uh, uh, you know, concerning a little bit of a red flag. Uh, maybe there was a little bit of woe is me, woe is us from the Winnipeg Jets, which is to be expected. You know, you slump your shoulders a little bit, but you still got 10 minutes in the game and you have a team that is not known as a defensive juggernaut. You got to find a way to just string it together one shift at a time. And I never got that sense from the Jets. Anytime that they had an opportunity, it was sort of one and done. There was not yes. the there was not the consistent there flow. Yeah, there weren't consecutive right shifts. And and you know that it, it is a cliche, but like when you talk about sustained pressure and everything like that, and why coaches always talk about the important importance of establishing a forecheck and everything mm-hmm. like that, there just wasn't a lot of that in the third period. It was a chance here, a chance there, right? Like we talked about, you know, the Ehlers breakaway will stand out or the Morrissey chance will stand out or Adam Lowry had a chance in close. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to take anything away from Markstrom playing, you know, consecutive games. And he has been good. And we talked about it. The Flames are now, what, 6-2-2 two and two in the second game of, of back-to-backs, which usually the team obviously has a worse record in the second game of back-to-back, but not yeah. for the Flames, who seem to be, you know, a team this year that just does everything the hard way, including <laughs> winning in regulation, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there it, it, it wasn't. You're, you're nobody watching that game would say that you know the Jets left it all on the ice, right? Like th- there was more to be desired there. Yeah. But you know, again, they have you know the game in hand, and they have another opportunity coming up on on Saturday night, yeah, where they can you know really make it difficult for either the, the the flames or the predators if you beat the predators on saturday the predators are essentially out of it um beat the predators yeah the, you know and you know depending on yes if you beat the predators on saturday you can say probably good night to to nashville uh but you know the, you could have said the same thing about the flames tonight and you know if you're up four and they only have three games left I mean, they they have to win out, and you have to hope that basically the Jets lose three of their last four, right? Well, if you beat the Preds, you're going to, depending on what Nashville does tomorrow against Carolina. So that's the, you know, of course, Nashville plays Carolina tomorrow, but let's, let's for argument's sake, say that they lose to Carolina. Uh, but I'm not saying that's going to happen for sure because Nashville, like we've talked about, is very pesky and very, you know, the, their their commitment to staying in this fight has been admirable. But let's say that they do lose to to. Uh, to Carolina. They all played the same number game of the Jets heading into Saturday's game. And depending on the result on Saturday, the, you know, the Jets, the, the, if the Jets were to win in regulation, it'd be five up on Nashville with uh, three games to go for both teams. And that that's, that's who, game who over wants at to, that point in time. Who wants to put a little, uh, you know, cash down on Betway that Nino Niederreiter is going to score the game winning goal against his, his former team? Wouldn't that be great? I'm not putting any anybody who's wagering on this Winnipeg Jets team and anyone who claims to know which Winnipeg Jets team is going to show up on any given night is just a, an absolute liar. That's it's like betting on the outcomes of like WrestleMania. You, know, you, have a, you have a better chance doing that. 
honestly, I think you can logically know. Well, I mean, I probably would have said that Cody Rhodes was going to win on Sunday, uh, but uh, Roman Reigns obviously the American won. Nightmare Drew. Love well, it. Well, I mean, Love I Cody bet, Rhodes. I would have bet on Cody Rhodes, which tells you why I shouldn't be betting on wrestling at any point in time, which I didn't because the fact that you can now bet on wrestling is something that's a bit mind blowing. But in any event, uh, the Jets had the opportunity tonight. This was a, it was sitting there for them. They could have affirmed themselves really, really, truly affirmed themselves as a playoff team. Instead, Calgary affirms themselves as right in the playoff race with their 3-1 victory. Before we go to break, I should say that Kyle Connor's goal for the Winnipeg Jets, while you help yourself to a piece of matzah there, Big Daddy, uh, is our Seagram's shot of the game. That goal came, of course, on the power play in the first period. Seagram's VO masterfully blended, distinctly Canadian. Get your favorite Seagram's product at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart or wherever fine liquor products are sold. A big thank you to our friends at Seagram's for their support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Also, a big thank you to our friends at Betway. Of course, they sponsor the Game Recap and the title sponsor of the post-game show. If I could when just say one more thing before we head to break and then we're going to come back and obviously do the contest. Is it you about matzo or is it about something else? No, I wanted to touch on Pride Night. I mean, okay, I, I yeah. think I got to give kudos to the Jets, Agreed. True North, everybody involved. Agreed. Those jerseys were perfect. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be auctioning those off. If, they or are. If they, okay, great, because I, I absolutely loved them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a jersey guy. But also just everything about a Jersey guy and a New Jersey guy as well. Yeah, exactly. But anything and a Jersey Shore guy as well. But just everything about <laughs> the original situation, right? Everything, yeah. Every everything, just the way that True North and the Jets handled this. Yeah, that's the, players the way it should be well. done. The players, mm-hmm. class all around. So I just that's wanted true. to get that in there, and that's what that's what every team in the NHL and everybody just in general should be doing is celebrating the lgbtq plus community yeah uh so i just wanted to get that in there kudos to everybody in the jets organization for that yeah i would agree exactly with what you said there as the, the players handled it uh the players handled it very well the organization handled it very well they obviously did not get the result they wanted on the ice but for an organization that has often suffered defeats off the ice as of late uh this in their handling of pride night was definitely a win for this organization so we would be remiss if we did not say kudos to everyone involved for that so yes kudos to true north kudos to the jets players for that uh in tonight's game when we come back more of the illegal curve post game show we'll do some contests we'll do a tough duck hardest hitting uh comment uh we'll read some of the post game comments coming from the jets dressing room and our usual shenanigans and nonsense drew mandel ezra ginsburg wednesday night it's the illegal curve post game show we're live on youtube we're live on all of our social media platform don't go anywhere and smash the like button while you're waiting to do something during these commercial messages Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. 
Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos. Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Bottom of the hour, welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Hopefully my voice won't go out on me before the end of the podcast. You just hit puberty, Drew. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. It's only been uh, 41 <laughs> years. It was about time. I knew eventually it was going to happen. No, I've uh, I, I felt like my voice is just on the verge of going for like the last couple of days. Uh, but uh, there haven't been that many shows 
because of the soft schedule. So fortunately, my voice has been able to get a little bit of rest and relaxation. But of Maybe course, it's all that karaoke you've been doing. Well, you know, I do like to belt out. Uh, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that by Meatloaf, and that's a really hard song. Is to that sing. your go-to karaoke? Well, you know, Ezzy, uh, I do anything for love, but I won't do that. No, I won't do that. Now, the question is, what is that, of course? But that's a separate issue that we'll never find out, I think, because I believe Meatloaf passed away recently. Um, did he? Uh, I didn't hear that. I th- thought he did. I don't think I'm killing Meatloaf right now. I've killed a Meatloaf. and one. Uh, you know, I was going to say, uh, you've probably eaten a Meatloaf recently. But... I thought Meatloaf died. I'm now going to have to Google that. See, it didn't take long for the nonsense portion of tonight's uh, program. Uh uh to to start it off i thought meatloaf died yes he, did he pass did. away he yeah. did in he january a year ago yeah. yeah okay see i wasn't wrong about that that's too bad i did enjoy the good uh uh some of his tunes uh you know a little bit paradise by the dashboard light if you will uh things of that nature and and so unfortunately we have lost uh poor meat and uh we'll remember him uh, fondly as i sing my karaoke songs what i was gonna say is that saturday morning the illegal curve hockey show 9 a.m back here on our youtube channel and then later on that evening, of course, after the Jets and the Nashville Predators, another epic matchup. Uh, so it'll be a very interesting post-game show back here later on uh, Saturday night that you guys can all schedule your days around uh, that. Because I'm sure that's what you all do is schedule your days around your viewing of Illegal Curve broadcast. No, but I think people schedule their days around the Jets game. Yes. And then we're part of that. There's no question we are. So we, we got our IC Nation coming back. Yeah. We got we got Phyllis coming back. We got everybody coming back. Kenny's water bottle, Spency, Dom Zappia, the whole crew, everybody. Good. Unless unless people have other plans after the game. Hopefully they can't have people, that. Yeah, we got our but, crew here. That's hard to believe that they would have plans uh, after the game. Here's some post-game quotes coming out of the Winnipeg Jets dressing room. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois on his run-in with Flames goaltender Jacob Markstrom, who squirted water on him. By the way, if you're a goalie and you're squirting water on a player, uh, the player should be able to just take a free shot at you. you I was going to say, yeah, he's lucky that he didn't get punched in the face. I was going to say, Dubois said, I don't really care about that. It's water. I drink it, I shower in it like everybody else. It's just water. What I didn't like is the punch in the back of the head. Uh, that's a pretty reasonable thing. I wouldn't like getting punched in the back of the head either. Goalies getting a little bit uh, too big for their britches when it comes to some of the physicality. Uh, well, if you're gonna... and, and you're talking about big. I mean, Mark's from six foot six. Oh, yeah, he's a big Markstrom, boy. Mark's from the big boy. I mean, Hellebuck's not a, a short, short guy either. Uh, but yeah, Markstrom, I mean, he was asking for it and, and he should, what it, I forget if he got a, a minor or a double minor there, but it turned out that it was offsetting, but yeah, yeah him and him and Dubois were going at it. Him and Lowry were going at it. Morrissey. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you like, you like to see that. I mean, te- these teams are battling for a playoff spot. I mean, look at like, it, I mean, you're, you're risking, you know, going to the penalty box. Obviously Markstrom doesn't sit in the penalty box. Someone mm-hmm. serves the penalty for him, but, uh, I love to see that type of stuff. I look, it, it, I like the intensity of it all, but if you're a exactly. goalie, being a goalie in situations like that, if you're not fair game, it's like being a kicker in football. Just do your job, kick the ball, save the puck, whatever it is, and then stay out of the way. You know, you, if you don't, if you're not fair game, you shouldn't be allowed to fight. You know, that sort of thing. It's like a kicker celebrating. You're a kicker, just go away. You get to celebrate when you make the game-winning field goal or something. And other than that, nobody ever wants to hear from you. Uh, unless, unless you're talking about Westy, of course. Well, I mean, Westy, but, you know, Westy, you know, 
didn't talk during the game when he wasn't going to get hit. You know, Westy was great for a post-game quote or the banjo bowl stuff, but you know, he knew that when you know between the lines, if he, you know, if you yap too much, you, 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 you're going to get, you're going to lose that battle pretty well. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois on Winnipeg Jets fans. I'm sure they're disappointed tonight, but we felt their energy and we felt them out there. The season's not over yet. We have two more big games coming up at home before finishing the season on the road. We are going to need them more than ever. To which I would say to Pierre-Luc Dubois and the rest of the Jets dressing room, the fans want to cheer. Fans want to cheer. Give them the requisite effort and the requisite results and the fans will cheer accordingly. Right. And actions speak louder than words, right? And and, and we all know that, right? Like, you know, you can take a lot of these quotes and you can almost just, you know, put them in any game of the year, right? Like put this quote at game 32 of the season when the Jets lost or whatever, right? Like, so I I mean, this, this game on Saturday and it, and it goes back to what we said, right? Like on that road trip, if you beat San Jose, then you've got an extra couple points and then the flames aren't tied with you. Or if you won one of those games against Columbus or point to any of the disappointing losses for the Jets, Right. over the last three months, right? So that's why, you know, the Jets continue to make it hard on themselves. And so of the Flames, I mean, the Predators are really the only team that wasn't supposed to be here, right? Like yeah. the Jets and the Flames were supposed to be playoff teams at the beginning of the year. Maybe more people thought that the Flames had a better chance of contending, but we know that the Jets were you know, right at the top of the Central Division, right at the top of the Western Conference in January, and mm-hmm. it's been a really slow decline here. So yes, I, I, I you know, death I, by about then death by about ten thousand cuts, not a thousand. Right. Cuts. So I mean, they 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 have to take care of business and and beat Nashville on on Saturday. Yeah. Um. But like you said, I mean, it remains to be seen which team we're going to see. Right. Like, are we going to see the team from the first period? Or are we going to see the team from the the third period? The team um, against again, New, the team that played against New Jersey, the right. team that played against you know, forget about Detroit, the team that played against New Jersey. If you play like that. Right. You know, against the Devils team, that's a pretty damn good hockey team. You know, you should you got to find a way to take that effort and, and and replicate that effort, which the Jets were unable to do tonight again with a golden opportunity against the uh, against the Calgary Flames. Ezzy, you got a tough duck, hardest hitting comment for me? Yeah, we're gonna give it to. Hold on a second, I had it up here. We're gonna give it to. I hope I'm pronouncing this the last name. Obviously, Glenn. Only one way to pronounce that, but Glenn Petre. Or I would Pitra? say Petri would be my guess. Petri, maybe a Petri dish. Like yeah. this comment, uh, doesn't get any more harder hitting than this. There's Jets forwards that clearly shy away from going hard to the net. Look at Morrissey. That is what is needed, especially in the playoffs. We talked about it. PLD, he was going hard to the net. Adam Lowry was going hard to the net. Nino Niederreiter was going hard to the net. But there just wasn't enough of that in, in the third period. And mm-hmm. I like that comment. So, Glenn, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com. And Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. Um, and I'm not sure if anybody noticed there was a blizzard outside today. So <laughs> you're still going to need a toque. Like I was, I, I was shoveling. I like to be. I'm I was going to ask you. Are you? Are, would you see? I won't shovel this. I refuse. No. Well, I have to because yeah, you your, have the back lane. A little problem. bit different, right? You have a driveway. Yeah. I'm not right. loaded like you are, Drew. I just have a a regular garage here in River Heights. I'm not living yeah. it up like you are. But no. But I. So I have to because if I don't shovel behind our garage, we could get stuck. Yeah. But I'm out there shoveling. I'm thinking to myself like it's April fifth. And there was this blizzard last year around the yeah, second week re- of April, right? Well, don't so, you like, remember what happened to Passover last year? Yes. 
for a lot of families, Passover got cancelled because that was supposedly when we were getting the Armageddon 50 centimeters yes. of that snow. That never came. Well, it did come, but what had happened, it was like it was like 25 centimeters, then like a 12-hour break, and then another 25 centimeters. Oh, the first one. I thought, I, I remember there was a, a second blizzard. That remember was... they canceled school for all the kids, the Jets? Right. Remember the Jets were supposed to play at home, right. and they canceled the Jets game, and the team flew to Florida. And that was they were, they were supposed to play the Kraken at home, right. and the the team left Winnipeg ahead of time to avoid the storm, and that's why that Kraken game got rescheduled for after the end of the regular season. Remember, it was that was Passover last year where that storm was supposed to be. I've just accepted that Manit in Manitoba we get like eight months of winter and we get like three weeks of summer. Well, it's generally about that. Now, uh, Doug is saying, how does Passover get canceled? Passover didn't get canceled, but our Passover family, Seders, Seders, Seders got canceled. Yeah, we still Passover. had ours. Yeah. We had ours at our house last year. We're not doing it this year. We're doing it at our, our mother-in-law's. But right. I remember last year we were like, is this even going to happen? Like, are people yeah. going to be able to drive <laughs> to our house? It's ridiculous. But the, the good thing is it's supposed to be nicer next week and all of this crap will melt. Yeah, there you go. From your lips to uh, God's ears, as the old saying goes there, Mr. Ginsburg. Uh, let's go with the uh, Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. That rolls on here for the final few regular season games. If you haven't yet entered the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest, the way to do so is go to the drop-down arrow on the YouTube channel, click the contest link, you'll see a whole lot of things you can do to earn entries into the merchandise contest. One of those things is enter the unique code word that can only be found here on the Illegal Curve post-game show or the podcast edition of the show. Today's unique code word, I believe entering this will get you 10 bonus entries in honor, of course, of Passover. Part the Red Sea. Not C-S-E-A, but C as in C for Calgary. It's a good so one. Part the red letter C is tonight's unique code word for the illegal curve contest. Enter that. You can win some great Winnipeg Jets merchandise courtesy of us here at Illegal Curve. Much like today's winner, I always like when it's just a one-name winner, Chixie. Congratulations to Chixie. I'm guessing Chixie's a woman. Maybe Chixie's a man. I'm really not sure. Is that a combination but, of Chicks and Dixie? I really don't know what Chixie is. But it's a username or it's a first name or it's a name or uh, Chixies are for kids, silly rabbit, whatever it might be. Chixie is the winner of today's Illegal Curve Congrats, Chixie. Contest. Congratulations to Chixie. Uh, they are a good person, as Rob Mahoney likes to put up on there on the screen all the time. So Dave M., uh, when he's done his Passover Seder in roughly another six and a half hours, as the Manuk yeah, the, family, the Manukes go late. They go late. I won't yeah. have I, that. Will not fly in the uh, in the Mendel household uh, whatsoever. But uh, all the power. Yeah, the kids to have them. to go to bed. You got to start. You got to start a Seder relatively early, like six thirty-seven. Well, you know that that would be a reasonable hour. We started around five forty-five. Again, there's a lot of young children there, but the Manuk family likes to wait. They're, they they like to you know they party. The Manuks party. Yeah, they like to be superior to us. They actually wait till sundown happens so that they can actually usher in Passover properly, like the rules say you're supposed to do. No, 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 no. That's not for our family. We like to have it more of a social gathering. You know, get that thing wrapped up and uh, the kids into bed at a nice reasonable hour but that's where dave m is uh, you like to have so a few glasses of manischewitz i like it 
Do you drink Manischewitz or do you get like a better kosher for Passover wine on the table? We don't have Manischewitz. We did have Manischewitz. I think we used all of it last year because we had the Seder at our house. But right. you know what? I, I don't, I'm not a big wine drinker. <laughs> We've talked about this before, Drew. You know me. Yeah. I'm more of a beer guy. But mm-hmm. so Manischewitz to me is fine. A lot of people think it's too sweet. It's very sweet. But uh, it's just, it's classic. I mean, you don't get any more Passover uh, than, than Manischewitz, right? It's gotta be, it's like one of those things that just has to be somewhere in the room or on the table, but not everybody necessarily drinks it. Right. Cause there obviously is better wine. Like there's, there's good wine from Israel and, and stuff like that. Lots of, but I, I just, yeah, for me, Manischewitz, it's can take it or leave it. There you go. As he, there's stay tuned for our new segment on the show. As he reviews wines in which he always yeah. says, this isn't beer. Eh. Yeah. Let's get Ben Sigurdsson on here. If he, if he still <laughs> writes for the free press, he's the guy that that knows about the wines. But yeah, once in a while I'll have red wine. But speaking of headaches, I usually get a headache if I drink too much wine, and then I just want to go to bed. Yeah, well, there you go. Fair enough. As opposed to when you drink too much beer, and then you just want to go yeah, to bed, and stay up you, all night because you've passed out, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a face down in, a, in your own clothes or something like that. Uh, in any event, there. Congratulations to everyone who has won on tonight's Illegal Curve post game show. As we remind you, Saturday morning, the Illegal Curve hockey show. I know Craig Button's going to join us. Is that right, Mister Ginsburg? I yeah, think Craig's going to come on. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Jets, obviously, and we'll talk about the playoff races. But we also have the draft that's not too far away, right? It's only a couple of months away. Craig came out with the most recent Craigslist. So we'll talk to him about that. Connor Bedard, absolutely ripping it up. And obviously you think he's going to go first overall. I'm not sure. We'll see what Craig says. I know, obviously, you know, it's unbelievable. Craig, Connor Bedard's basically getting like two points every period. Yeah. Um, And we have to give a shout out to the Winnipeg ice who have swept the medicine hat tigers. They're going to go on to the second round. Did Uh, they win tonight? Is it over? I think it is. Wasn't it? I'm pretty I, sure it was. I'm not, honestly, I'm not sure. I've been doing. I've been doing something else. It's right got to be over. It's ten to eleven, right? So yeah, they're they're into the second round. Okay, if you say so. I hope that's not another one of those Ginsburg guarantees because we know how poorly. No, no, no. That's a fact. That's, that's a fact. fact. Daniel Dale doesn't have to fact check that. Okay, there you go. You're right. Three two. The Minnesota, the Winnipeg Ice have won tonight, so they are into the go. second round. It's worth noting though that uh, Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats, who are. Uh, were an underdog in the first round. Last time I, I, they, I think they won the opening two games. They did uh, against Saskatoon, right? Yep. And I'm not sure where that series is at, but if the Pats end up winning uh, that series, uh, they very well could be coming to Winnipeg to face the Ice in the second round. And if that was, to, and if that were to happen. That means that Connor Medard, who actually did not play in Winnipeg at all this year, would presumably play a number of games uh, for the Pats in Winnipeg. And I'm sure that more than one person would uh, be interested in watching Connor Bedard come play some playoff games against the Winnipeg Ice. He's single-handedly trying to carry the Pats through uh, to a, uh, you know, to make a bit of a playoff push because that Regina Pats team is really Bedard and then a bunch of other guys. So, so we, be- got, we, we got, we got, we got, a few people here, uh, T. Kona Pauly, T. Kona is always bailing us out here. The Pats are up 2-1 in the series, but they're actually in overtime as we speak right That's now. That's what I'm saying. It's 3-all at the end of yep. regulation. So uh, if the Pats were to win tonight, then they would be up uh, with a fairly commanding 3-1 lead. 
Uh, and it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens there if uh, all of a sudden the Regina Pats are in Winnipeg to face the ice uh, in the second round of a WHL playoff matchup. But time will tell on that front, and we'll, of course, keep you abreast of everything to do with the ice, the moose, and the Winnipeg Jets Saturday morning here on the YouTube channel. And then, of course, all the time updated as necessary on IllegalCurve.com. Want to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors, our friends. There you go, Frosty Winnipeg's already got it up. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center. That's Dr. Les Rikus and the great team there. Zapia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and The Keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve hockey jets miss an opportunity they lose 3-1 to the calgary flames will be next in action saturday morning at 9 a.m if you haven't already done so smash the like button subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to the podcast leave us feedback here there and everywhere we always like to hear what you have to say about the fine programs we put forth for you our loyal viewing and listening audience Ezzy, thanks so much for joining me this morning. We'll see you again on Saturday morning. For Mr. Ginsburg, I'm your host, Rumendell. Happy Passover, happy Easter, whatever you're celebrating this weekend. Make sure it's a safe one. We'll see you on Saturday morning. Until then, we wish you good night and good luck. And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve postgame show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.